Welcome one and all to episode 155 of the original Giraffe Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, the free show tonight, we wrap up the 2022 NFL Draft and move on to 2023 on the Patreon. So if you're not a subscriber, that's our uh, one sell of the show. Get in there now. $2 a month gets you the extra episode. $4 a month, you'll see all our uh, all our written takes that are going to be coming in fast and furious. Probably starting closer to June, though, with that stuff. But, Justin, the draft is over, and we can breathe a little bit. Yeah, and you know what? Be be smart. Join uh, the Patreon for $2 this month and listen to, you know, binge listen to 60 episodes. And then, I don't care, sign up for you know the next few months and then bring come back to us next draft season it's all good uh four dollars a month will get you all of our college football uh previews that we're going to do throughout the summer and you would also get to see all of all of uh my rankings and the big boards that i posted which i think turned out pretty good right seth yeah i think uh i think i mean that's if one i do the- say so myself well and that's one of the things i mean i think you and i did a fairly good job of this year is actually kind of getting through the minutia of things. Now, were we slightly off on Malik Willis? Yeah. Um, uh, I gave him I, a, a day two grade. Well, yeah, we both said he was a day two player. So him going in the third round, I think that was a little unexpected him being QB three in the draft, but you know, overall, I think we, I think we were one completely accurate about the quarterback class. Um, and then two, I think we did a nice job of, of finding players that people liked. Um, and I think we've, we kind of understood that there was some desperation at positions as well that, that caused things to go in a certain way. And we'll break all that down on this show. But of course, let's start with the fact that it's confirmed the NFL hated this quarterback class. Yeah. We, we started talking about it when teams started bending over backwards, making these massive trades, you know, Denver for, for Russell Wilson, most notably Cleveland for Deshaun Watson, even knowing that he still has some legal issues hanging over his head. So, you know, and not, not just some, like a lot of legal issues still hanging over his head, you know, but Instead of trading up for early picks, like we've seen the NFL teams do over the, in recent years, you know, starting probably like 2016-ish when teams traded up for Goff and Wentz. Last year with the Niners trading up for the number three pick, not even being fully aware, you know, who was going to be the first two picks. Uh, that kind of thing was non-existent this year. And... As I mentioned on last week's Patreon show, when we recapped the first round, Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback picked at 20. And that was the latest that a quarterback, the first quarterback was picked in the first round since 1997 when Jim Druckenmiller was picked at 27 overall. So you're going back uh, 25 years to find the last time a quarterback was picked that late to be the first quarterback picked in a draft, right? EJ Manuel, I think was 16th overall in 2013. He was previously the latest since drunk Miller. Um, 
So th this was just a, a class that the NFL has no confidence in. And not only was Pickett the only quarterback picked in the first round and not picked till 20, but no other one went until the third round. So you have all these sites that said Desmond Ritter was quarterback one or us saying Willis was quarterback one. Or, I mean, you, you said uh, Corral was your quarterback one, right? So all those guys went in the third round. And by yeah. the way, noteworthy that the Carolina Panthers traded up to pick Matt Corral in the third round rather than swing a day three pick to the Browns for Baker Mayfield. Right. And that's not worthy about Baker. <laughs> I think so. I think I think the NFL is telling you not only what they think about this draft class, but also what they think of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so it's interesting just to look real quick to kind of recap positions. You know, uh, like you said, Kenny Pickett went 20. Desmond Ritter went uh, with the third – or with the uh, 10th pick in the third round. Malik Willis went with the 22nd pick in the third round. Matt Corral went with the 30th pick in the third round. And then Bailey Zappi went before Sam Howell, which was something. Um, something named Chris Aladokin was selected in the seventh round by the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Skylar Thompson, the seventh round. And then Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy goes in the seventh round to the 49ers. So, and I think Seth's mic cut out a little bit, but he said Mr. Irrelevant there. That was Brock Purdy. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. That was a, you know, I, I think that's kind of what we can take from it. This is not a good quarterback class. It never was. You were, you know, as far as investing in the draft. Now, that doesn't mean that these guys can't be good but i just don't see i mean we talked about it like desmond ritter going to atlanta and being with marcus Mariota, who we said is like his high-end comp <laughs> you know that's <laughs> that's that's perfect right that's like it it's actually a spot where he could end up playing this year you know in that respect it's it's perfect you, you have malik willis third round to Tennessee could Tennessee That's, become so frustrated that they benched Tannehill I don't even think so and that then the the press asks Tannehill is he going to mentor Malik Willis do they do they usually ask if you're going to mentor a third round pick yes every time right I can, <laughs> I can I can tell you like when the Arizona Cardinals would take a seventh round wide receiver they'd always ask Larry Fitzgerald what they thought of him and if he had you know if they could if he would mentor them, I, I, know, <laughs> like, I, I know. thought you were being sarcastic, but you're no, being serious. And no. that just speaks to like the, how stupid some of these questions are. Yeah. I mean, like, is, can, should Tannehill Rob, feel threatened at no. all? This is not a, this is not a, uh, a Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson scenario. You know, this would have been a question to ask, like, I guess drew Locke If, if the uh, Seahawks had drafted Willis, but right. Tannehill has been a starter for a playoff team. And I know he's not great. I'm not saying that at all, but it's just, it's kind of silly to me that you're asking him that. And it's like, no, he's trying to keep his job. He's still a young man. One of the other outcomes was that um, 
somehow got to be a favorite amongst some within the NFL draft Twitter. Carson Strong went undrafted. A lot of his biggest um, uh, excuse, I mean, um, fans are saying injuries. You know, Justin and I have, have talked about injuries in the past. One, if a guy's injured or has a known injury history, you probably shouldn't rank him as the best player at a position in the class. Um, we didn't do it even with Jamison Williams, who it just feels like there's a very, very, very good chance that he's going to have a full and healthy career because you still don't know exactly what you're going to get out of a player when he comes back from an injury. However, if you knowingly go with a quarterback that has no mobility, that already has bad knees, and and this is a known fact about said quarterback, and then he goes undrafted, you can't claim ignorance on injuries, right? Well, it, it, I think it even goes beyond this because we're not talking about uh, – we're not just talking about, like, injuries – causing a, a late round guy to go undrafted. This, this was a player who team whose sites were saying was quarterback one, Carson Strong of Nevada. And it, even if you look at his play on the field, I don't think that it, it ever justified that. And now um, because he has a, a condition that required surgery on his knee last year, uh, a condition for which he missed no time this year after surgery, People said that was the reason he didn't move about that well. Well, by by his by the combine, by the pro day, he wasn't even wearing a knee brace. So you're telling me that this condition, which caught, which he missed uh, in his college career three games in 2019, and he was able to participate in a full season in 2021, the Senior Bowl, the combine, his pro day which went by like a fart in the wind. Nobody reported on it. Whereas we had full uh, televised pro days for every other quarterback in this mediocre class. But you're telling me this injury is why he fell from quarterback one, which you're saying is a first round pick to undrafted free agent. This is flat out an excuse for uh, it's an evaluation that should have never happened. He, he was never quarterback one. I mean, he was never a first round pick prospect and uh we can circle back to this in the hot take section because there there were just a ton of hot takes all year about him desperation for wide receivers man um you know we talked a little bit about it on our night one patreon podcast again uh, if you want to listen to that go back listen to that like justin said subscribe for a month and uh and then and then unsubscribe until uh until the season starts back up but or stay with us the whole year. I mean, because we do do shows every week. Right. And it's just two bucks. I mean. Yeah. But you look at it. You saw six go in the top 18. By the way, how much were you sweating that if you took the under six and a half receivers, right? Right. And it ended up it ended up being seven, right? No, it was six. It stayed at six. Oh, I thought <laughs> Burks put him over the top. No, no. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Nope. Six at 18. 
through 18 and then Watson went with the second pick in round two. Wow. So, so yeah, you're sweating that. Um, so Watson goes to, I think we, we weren't surprised just because we had heard rumors that he could go into round one. Um, but the next, well, rumors are, are hot takes. Right. But I mean, Three, two two is still i mean that's pretty much yeah that's that's right up there that's like um that's like, what was the guy's name from brian quick that's brian quick territory right and so the the next ones though were the shocking ones right um 211 the new york football giants take 5878 pound wandell robinson out of kentucky which basically spells the has to spell the end for Kadarius Tony if it wasn't already happening, right? I don't. I'm not sure. I mean, you you would think that, and the fantasy guys sure do because they're they're anxious to draft Wandell Robinson. But Seth, you and I play dynasty league uh, fantasy football, and uh, I'm certainly not. I don't want to give strategy away. We're in the same league, but I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm happy to let other people draft. Wandale Robinson. This guy's five seven and he has twenty seven inch arms. Like you're throwing into a pinhole if you're a quarterback. Like who's throwing to him? It's not Tom Brady with right. the Giants. It's a guy who they didn't it's Daniel Jones who they didn't pick up his fifth year option. And you know, it's and then the what, the mystery box. Like this is a I I mean, why would you touch this guy in in Dynasty League? John Mechie goes with the 12th pick in the second round uh we like mechie but again another guy coming off an acl kind of a slot only guy that's um, the pick the browns traded back with and yeah, with the texans yeah and they end up taking david bell who who we like in the third round even though he's slow they end up taking david bell but at least you get him in the right spot i would have taken bell over mechie at the point where the browns took him which was 99 overall and you know, then, I had Bell a third or fourth rounder. I had Mechie like a, a tick below that. But uh, yeah, like you said, we like Mechie. He's fine, but not, a, not, a team traded up for him. Yeah, not at top 50. And then speaking of not top 50, Tyquan Thornton gets drafted with the 18th pick. So I think 51 overall by the New England Patriots. Thornton's. Thornton was getting talked about as being a seventh rounder with, or like a day, a late day three pick with his speed, right? He was, uh, he shined at the Shrine Bowl, and then he ran the fastest forty of any receiver at the at the combine. But I don't think most people were talking about him until the third or fourth round, and so for him to go in the second round is is quite a jump. Now you look at the fastest receiver last year it was anthony schwartz and he went in a third round to cleveland i will say this tyquan thornton's a better receiver like a better wide receiver than anthony schwartz was so i i suppose if you want to make that argument but um this is just a case of yeah there's tons of receivers off the board well you might as well take the fastest guy and and see if you can get lightning in a bottle George Pickens goes 20th in the second round. Um, not surprising based on the 
off the field stuff we had heard. We're not even going to talk about it because uh, we have no way to source it. But if if what is being said is anywhere close to true, it's not a good look. Um, then then guys that kind of made sense, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, and then you got Vellis Jones Jr., <laughs> who's going to be, I believe, he. You guys went to high school together, right? <laughs> I don't want to put that on him. He's not that old, but uh, yeah, he's he's, he's he, twenty. He, he's going to be twenty five. Yeah, and, he'll be uh, twenty five this year. It this was the Bears' first pick, wasn't it? No, they took um, Kyler Gordon with their first. Oh pick. right, and then so, Jaqu- but, and then Jaquan Brisker with their second pick. That's right. So they they, they were they they hate uh, Justin Fields. So that's the that's the word here. You know, actually, the fans here are pretty. Are, are being pretty charitable about the bears draft because they like that. They turned like a few picks into like seven picks. I think they had three and they, they turned it into seven by trading back a bunch. But I think uh Vellis Jones, you know, he played at, at USC, he transferred to Tennessee. He played for six or seven years on the Van Wilder plan. And then he, but then he ran a four, three, uh, a low four, three, like four, three, one at the combine. So the guy can fly. He's a special teamer. He can return kicks. Uh, I guess the Bears are banking on Darnell Mooney to be their number one receiver. And I got to believe that they have a lot of faith in their tight end, Cole Kmet, because they they weren't, like you said, they weren't interested in, in uh, getting Fields help early, which a lot of people in the draft community were really adamant about and, and uh, of course graded them harshly because they didn't do it. So that was probably, he was a bigger surprise to me in the third round than uh, Thornton was in the second round. But again, Wandale Robinson go like, again, the, I think the giants traded up for him and he's so tiny. I don't really get that. I, I honestly thought he was more of like a gadget player that, that you can use out of the backfield, which he did do at Nebraska. But that's a space player, and some people saw him as a slot receiver. But I just don't think he's big enough in any way. Like I don't think he's got. He's so small and short, and the four four speed is fine. But again, not special for a guy that small. So and, and Wandell went to Kentucky. So I mean, one of those. Well, he went to Nebraska first. Oh, did he? Yeah, he played in Nebraska. He played more running back. And then he transferred to Kentucky. They turn him into a slot guy where he catches 100 passes. He was a high-volume guy, but I don't think that uh, when you really break it down, I just don't think that translates into, you know, even like a Hunter Renfro type of quality of, of NFL slot receivers. He's just so small. And then two guys that were getting a lot of um, pub that you and I – did not see it with Calvin Austin goes in the very end of the fourth round and Khalil Shakir goes in the fifth round. So maybe we weren't completely lost on this wide receiver class. We just missed on apparently the extremely fast guys. Well, I just underrated how I'm, I underestimated how many would go early because, um, with Austin, I mean, I think I had him slotted as a fourth or fifth round guy. And then, um, Shakir, who's the other guy? Shakir, I wasn't high on at all. He was a fifth to seventh round guy, so I had I had him kind of pegged 
Um, but there are people that think Buffalo, like, like uh, Gabriel Davis is going to lose targets because of a fifth-round guy that they picked. He's a, basically a slot-only player. Yeah, this was a interesting draft because there were some big names that fell. N'Kobe Dean came out that he's got a chest issue or something, right? Like, he needs to have surgery on basically every body part. Uh, <laughs> he and and I think the other. This is the other thing going back to strong. N'Kobe Dean had injuries which kept him from participating in athletic testing by his choice because he still did workouts and teams knew that he was probably not as fast as advertised that he's more like a four seven guy we know that he can he can jump because he had great jumps he had a great vertical when he was in the opening uh years ago when he was in high school but between the fact that he's short and uh not as fast as advertised and injured and he still went in the third round Carson Strong went undrafted. And uh, DeMarvin Leal went in the third round. You know, for me, that was about the right. You liked him uh, more than I did. Now, when he got into the third round, I thought it started to get a little weird because guys that were picked before him, um, you know, that that didn't make sense, like Alex Wright. Your, your Cleveland Browns took Alex Wright. I was really surprised by that. I thought they were going to take Leal when he was there for them. And they took a guy from uh, UAB, albeit a, a guy who is more of an end, a, a better pass rusher prospect. But I thought Leal fit as a kind of inside-outside base end for them. But that wasn't the type of player they looked at this year. And then, uh, and then I would say the same thing about like, and and I know he plays a different position. He's an interior defensive lineman, but the the commanders taking Fedarian Mathis at two, at, at in the second round. That was that was a little odd to me. I was really I was really surprised by that because he's so such a below average athlete, but he had the typical interior line inflated sack numbers that you get from Alabama defensive linemen. You know they they live off kind of cleanup production and get good he had something like eight and a half sacks but he really is more of a space plugger when you project him to the nfl so i was really surprised by the mathis pick but you know they like they like the bama defensive lineman there in washington uh the running backs that went before isaiah spiller included uh Tyrion davis price and james cook um, you know, and your guy some, Rashad White too. Yeah, but I called that, so I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really you bastard. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cook is a really interesting one, man, because he, I, I mean, how many five eleven sub two hundred pound backs are there in the NFL? That so I'm gonna put every down back, basically. Right, right. So I'm gonna put my fantasy football cap back on. And say, like, on paper, this is a good spot for a second-round running back because your competition is Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. But in reality, you've got the GM of your team, Brandon Bean, compare, he's t 
talking glowingly about the pick, but he's comparing James Cook to J.D. McKissick. So he wanted, they tried to sign J.D. McKissick in free agency, end up, I think, going back to Washington, right? But it, they have a particular role in mind for what they're going to do with James Cook. And James Cook never had more than 113 carries in college in four years at Georgia. And that was this year. So I think from a fantasy football perspective, slowly roll, I wouldn't, I would not want, I would, again, like with Wondell Robinson, I would invite my league mates to uh, draft James Cook before me. And again, I hope and not many of them are listening to this, although I hope many people do listen to this. I hope it's not uh, our fellow uh, league mates. Uh, you, you look at it and Cook is going to be a third down change of pace receiver out of the backfield. And that's not a bad thing. It's just odd to trade up to go get him, right? Yeah, I mean, that's my read. And it's like if you're playing points per reception, that's that's cool. He's going to have some games where he catches probably, you know, eight Nine, to ten yeah. passes. But he's not going to – I don't think he's going to carry the ball a ton out of the backfield. You know, look at McKissick last year. I think he had 70, 80 carries, something like that. I'm not making a, a direct comparison, but that's what Brandon Bean said. That's not what I'm – that wasn't the comparison I had. Um, but uh, obviously when you, you take a guy in the second round, you plan on using him, but it doesn't always have to be a, a guy that you have big plans for because with Buffalo, like that's a team that's close. So you can if you can draft like a contender, you can draft a guy with a niche role at that spot. You don't have to have a guy who's going to be eventually your uh, bell cow, right? A lot of people thought they might. So Brees Hall was always mocked to them in the first round. But it turns out they just want to run a committee, and they know that they have Josh Allen who can also run, and they're you know a high octane passing offense now. So. That's who Buffalo is. They wanted a, an outlet back, and that's what they got in Cook. So, but the thing about Spiller, who also went after Damian Pierce, by the way, um, when when Houston was on the clock in the fourth round, I thought this is where Spiller goes. He's a Texas A and M guy. Te- the Texans' backfield's wide open. They took Damian Pierce. Spiller ends up with the Chargers. That's still a good spot for him. And I think he still has a, you know, they have Eckler there, but that's still a spot where Spiller can get a good number of carries if he impresses in training camp. It was really interesting to see the um, jumping for joy of the LA Rams taking Kyron Williams in the fifth round. Um I guess I guess it's a hell mary, right? Because it's just a fifth round pick at that point. But it's odd how much praise that they've gotten from a lot of outlets on that. To me, that's people sticking to their that's their take lock. I think, as um, you know, Matt Kelly of Roto on Underworld would say, like that's take lock, where they thought Kyron Williams was a top back in the class. You know, he ran a slow forty time. He's small. He ends up falling late in the draft and it's the Super Bowl champs. They, they kind of know what they're doing and they also didn't have a lot of picks. So you're finding a lot of 
hoops to jump through so that you can give them praise for that. But I think Kyron Williams, th- do we think he even has like a clear cut path to make the team with how late he was drafted? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a fair question uh, when you look at it. So yeah, the running backs were super interesting, you know, and that's, that, that was interesting. Sam Howell went in the fifth round. I think that surprised you and I that he was, that he went after, like I mentioned earlier, like a Bailey Zappi. Yeah. And when Carolina traded up for Corral in the third, you were thinking how I thought there. they were trading up for how, yeah, because I thought how was a better player than Corral. I know you liked Corral better and they must think that Corral has more athletic upside and a better, I think he might have a better arm, but they, I felt like they were pretty similar in terms of arm strength. I think it tells us what the NFL thinks of Baker Mayfield like quarterbacks as well. So. <laughs> and the 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 word is that that Hal is kind of a quiet guy, not a charismatic leader. So it ends up causing him to fall. But it's kind of ironic because he ends up in a situation where he still might play this year because their starters Carson Wentz and he's worn out as welcome in two places in two years. So Corral, he could be pressed into action early because Carolina just has Darnold, who uh, didn't play well last year, and, and Matt Rule has to try and make something happen. So Corral could be pressed into action early, whereas Hal can kind of sit back. He's not expected to play early, but if Carson Wentz you know, self-destructs, then how might get an opportunity? And I guess they're talking about possibly trading Henneke now. So it's it's a, a, it might be a good spot for him, even though he went a couple of rounds later. And then Rashid Walker was talked about as a first-round talent coming into this year. Goes in the seventh round. Um, no Penn State bump, no nothing. That was. It sounds like this was all about a player that scouts didn't like his demeanor or his work ethic or his approach like that seems to be because this is a player it's a pretty good player right yeah at least we thought so well i think from a prospect standpoint he from like height weight to what what he put on tape what we project his athleticism to be he was a mid-round pick with third or fourth round but what he he did not work out. He didn't do any of the combine drills at the combine or his pro day. So he just did positional workouts and apparently already had a reputation for not being a hard worker. So that probably raised some alarms with some teams. And he goes all the way to the seventh round. This could end up being a, a, uh, a motivating factor for him. I think... That's a good get in the in the seventh round. I mean, definitely worth a flyer because talent wise, he he deserves to be uh, a couple. I I shouldn't use the word deserve, but he could have been like, yeah. drafted a few rounds earlier, and we wouldn't have batted an eye. You got some uh, hot takes for us before we get out of here. Yeah, I mean, have to do it, Carson Strong. So, um. Let's I'm going to I'm going to wind it back. I'm going to try and find some of the earlier ones, but 
first of all, I want to bring up my take, or, or at least something I wanted to point out on Carson Strong. This was back in August, and I said, uh, Carson Strong's been getting first-round talk, something to dig into, but he has negative career rushing yards. Recent first-round quarterbacks, and I put recent in quotes because I went back a long way. Recent first-round quarterbacks with negative career rushing yards, Matt Leinert, Brandon Whedon, Jared Goff, Josh okay. Rosen. Those guys all worked out really well. Quarterbacks with fewer than one yard per carry in college. Jamarcus Russell, Sam Bradford, Brady Quinn, Mark Sanchez, Matt Ryan. Okay, Matt Ryan, we're going back to what, 2007? How far back are we going for Matt Ryan? Yeah, 2007, 2008. Right. That's a low batting average. Um, it's not to it, – and listen – it's not that you need a mobile quarterback, but co remember college rushing yards calculate in the sacks. So these are guys, they might have some mobility. Remember Rosen ran like a four seven, right? But he's but, getting sacked a ton and he's not escaping them. There's something have, missing. Yeah, They have no awareness. That's what we're trying to say. They either can't run or they have no awareness or both. And that's not a good indicator. So that was just something to say, but it didn't stop. The Draft Network from touting Carson Strong all year long. Their uh, writer, Chrissy Freud, can Carson Strong rise up draft boards to be quarterback one? Uh, Chrissy Freud broke down three things Carson Strong must do to rise up to the top of the 2022 class. He was her top quarterback the entire year. Um, uh, this came later. Chrissy Freud sees a high NFL ceiling for Carson Strong, especially if he lands with a team committed to giving him pass protection. This was just a couple weeks before the draft. A team committed to giving him pass protection? Is there no team? Is there any team in the NFL that's not trying to protect their quarterback? I'm sorry, but I don't uh, understand well, if, that take. If you ask Cardinals fans, they, they're not <laughs> trying to protect Kyler Murray. But um, I'll... I'll move on to this one. And this was uh, at Rise and Draft, Ryan Roberts. Malik Willis has the highest ceiling, in my opinion. Agree. Uh, I'd say Carson Strong or Sam Howell is probably the safest, but I'd lean Carson. His work at the line of scrimmage is the best in the class, and he's a very sound decision maker. So um, that was in response to a question, what, what quarterback has the highest ceiling, in your opinion, and the safest? So, And I know that Rise and Draft also gave uh, strong a first round grade so this isn't to this isn't really to razz anybody but it's more to the point that this is something that we shouldn't dismiss because of he has some knee condition because again he played the entire season he was working out with no brace I think there's a disconnect between what the NFL is looking for and what some evaluators are still looking at and that's something that I think Clearly, there were also I could I could have brought the hot takes out tonight, Seth, about people who had Malik Willis as a top five player. There were those, there were people that had that take as well. Uh, Thor Nystrom from NBC Sports Edge, for one. So th we're there are definitely two ends of the spectrum here. But I think the NFL is still going to gravitate toward tools guys right now, as long as guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are lighting up the scoreboards. They're still going to take chances on tool guys 
over these statuesque, you know, kind of guys with an antiquated game like Carson Strong. The injury is not the only reason he fell. I will stand by that. And uh, I really, it doesn't, you know, there's really nothing that's been reported that really goes against that take. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting take going into the draft. It's even more interesting coming out of the draft, looking at it obviously down the road. And I think uh, it's fair to note, you know, Dane Brugler is a big time draft analyst for the Athletic. He was high on Carson Strong early in the process, and kind of gravitated away from him. And you know, remember, Strong didn't have a great Senior Bowl. He again his pro day was almost ignored by the media, which was, should have been a dead giveaway, which is odd. Right. Especially when everyone, everything else was, was, uh, everyone else's pro day was under the, you know, microscope. And then in Dane's draft, the beast in Dane's draft guide, the beast for the athletic came out a couple of weeks before the draft had strong as a fourth and fifth rounder. So he's plugged in. And he's a guy who watches a lot of a lot of tape, and he, you know, I I think sometimes people kind of get dug in to their position, and I mean, look, we're probably guilty of that too. But this was one I felt needed to be spotlighted because I felt like it was just pretty clear cut. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I just want to thank everybody for hanging with us the entire year. It it's uh. This was our first full wall-to-wall draft cycle uh, since we came back. And we are going to be, this is basically the end of season two of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. We're going to be starting into season three probably next week. And uh, to close it out, check out our Patreon probably coming up Friday where we are going to talk about the 2023 prospects who've already been blessed by Big Draft. That's something we talked about last year. And let's see who the guys are that have the early blessing. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back on Friday with our second podcast of the week on our Patreon. Have a good night, everybody. We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of what I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's two dollars a month for our bonus episodes. Four dollars a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That we could should, be it right a, there. A, a read. Yeah, that's it. Right yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>